ready? Born ready. It is here, another episode of your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At? I'm your host, Saba Long. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Where the Party At? is a podcast where we break down what's happening in local, state, and national politics, and we bring you the stuff that you should be paying attention to, what you should care about, because it impacts your life. All right, let's get it in. First, we are going to start off with an, uh, talking about an economic impact report that the University System of Georgia just published. If you're not sure what the University System of Georgia, Georgia is, that's the system that governs Georgia's universities and colleges. So think Georgia Tech, Georgia State, University of West Georgia, all those places. So their economic impact study, which they commissioned, shows that their impact on the state of Georgia is worth $20.1 billion, which is up about $800 million over the previous year. And about $14.2 billion of that accounts for direct spending by the students and by the colleges. Worth noting, if you have a bachelor's degree from the University System of Georgia, you are expected to be able to earn more than $1.1 million over your lifetime than someone who lives in Georgia without a degree. Pretty big. <laughs> um, yeah. That's for all the colleges? That's, that's, well, I don't think they're technically under. Oh, they're not in I the would, university system of Georgia? I don't know if they're technically managed by the university system of Georgia. I think um. it's public institution that's what you mean so some of the public ones but not like the morehouse yeah gotcha, gotcha. yeah but that's a huge amount of money mm-hmm. over your lifetime a million dollars yeah and then nowadays a million is not yeah a million much. is you know a hundred thousand <laughs> i was i just saw something on reddit right right before it said a millionaire is the new middle class yeah yeah like good that's, grief that's kind of what they tell you like you want to get between a family of a husband wife and about three kids needs about a half a million to a million dollars that's yeah. the new middle class so Oof. Uh, shout out to georgia yeah get the education and if you don't get education get some training get some skills so the you know the timing of this is interesting i don't know if they always put this out around this time but the chancellor of the University System of Georgia is Sonny Perdue, who is a former governor of Georgia, who was formerly in the Trump White House. And if you recall, a few episodes ago, we talked about the fact that the lieutenant governor requested that Perdue account for how much money the University System of Georgia was spending on DEI programs. And so... Um, I I don't I'm not saying that they're related, but it's interesting that you know the university is putting out the this university system is putting out here is our economic impact on the state. 
uh, which is worth talking about and worth them doing if you just think about what kind of what's happening nationally as it relates to education and how education is becoming a partisan conversation. I just want to quickly mention Cop City. We don't want to go all the way into it, but um, the New Yorker is they just did a story about it and about like if this is going to if is it going to make it on the ballot and if it does make it on the ballot, what does this mean for democracy in Atlanta? And you know, is there is there another solution beyond the current Cop City as we know it today? That's the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. So one of the council members, Howard Shook, uh, who represents the Buckhead area, who's been in council on council for probably, I don't know, 20 years, maybe more. He said a couple things that were really interesting. One, he said that this, and I'm going to paraphrase, but the gist was that this has really fractured trust in the city. So he acknowledged that this has really shaken folks to their core as far as their ability to trust in um, and support their local government. The other thing, when he was asked about should they do something different, maybe change the location, pause the project, kind of go back to the drawing board, he said something to this effect. The baby is crowning. We see its head, and we can't shove it back up for another two weeks. <laughs> Which was, <laughs> he's known for, you know, just really notable quotes. Um, and so I just had to mention it because it, it cracked me up. I was like, wow, that's, that's one way to look at it. Pretty graphic. <laughs> right. I know. Um, and it really just points that. The city feels that it's they're too far along to pause, and I don't I don't know if that's true or not, and I think a lot of people are questioning that a lot. Okay, we're gonna talk about the Trump trial, but I'm not gonna belabor it. Um, but we're really mentioning this because there is a pending Georgia indictment. In fact, by the time this episode comes out, I don't think he'll be indicted by Tuesday, but um, it will be any day now by the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis. We know that at least three Georgia former elected officials have been asked to testify, uh, including the former Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, who is a Republican. Now, Trump, of course, has lashed out at the DA, Fonnie Willis, just like he has every other prosecutor who's bringing cases against him. Um, it was just released that the Georgia prosecutors have text messages that seem to appear to prove that Trump was doing more beyond just asking for the 11,000 votes. Like there was more movement happening. Um, it's also expected that Trump won't be the only one indicted, that uh, there could be five or six other individuals connected to Trump indicted in this Fulton County case. Damn. On the federal side, Special Counsel Jack Smith is proposing a January 2nd trial date, and he anticipates that the trial will be done by mid-February. That is notable because that is a smack dab in the middle of the primary election. And so Trump could be sentenced or get off in the middle of the Republican primary. And the question is, what will 
happen, right? What what happens if he's found guilty? Um, and then what happens if he's found innocent? Does he just automatically run away with the um, Republican nomination at that point? If he's found guilty, the Republicans pivot and try to find another candidate. Who knows? Um, yeah, well, I'm going to pause on that. And we'll just see what happens over the next couple of weeks. One story, which is so, it just gets crazier and crazier. Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice. I mean, goodness gracious. So we heard ProPublica broke that initial Harlan Crow story. We found out that Harlan Crow, this multi-billionaire, bought Clarence Thomas's mother's house from her, remodeled it, and she lives there rent-free, assuming rent-free, because they won't confirm whether or not she's paying to live there. We found out about vacations that he paid for. And then we find we actually have a quantity of it. not just Harlan Crow, but other billionaires have paid for at least 38 vacations for Clarence Thomas and his family. Private jets, VIP passes to sporting events. I mean, this dude is getting flewed out left and right on the dime of these white billionaire men. And then he talked a lot about how, you know, oh, I'm a simple guy. I just like to, you know, me and my wife just like to travel in our RV. But then we find out that the RV costs nearly $300,000. It's not like, you know, the floor model. <laughs> this is the pimped out version. The, the, those are homes on wheels. Yes. I have just been watching on uh, HGTV yes. renovation of RVs. Right. Oh, my God. That's what he has. <laughs> I know how big that is. <laughs> wow. And it was financed by a wealthy friend. And the wealthy friend won't say how much Clarence Thomas paid for it, if he paid him back at all or a portion. It's my friend. It's my homie. Man, come on. I, I need. This is my boyfriend. Look, if my friends are listening to this pod, I need y'all to step your game up. Step it up. Yeah, we need RVs. <laughs> we, we need new friends. <laughs> like, what's going on? So five House Democrats, at least five House Democrats, have called for his resignation, including Representative Hank Johnson, who is in DeKalb County. I I don't know. I, I don't think that he's going to resign. I Certainly not in an election year, right, when we know that there's a possibility that Biden could get reelected or that there could be a Republican um, elected in 2024. But this just further erodes trust in the Supreme Court, right? And it further uh, makes note that the Supreme Court needs a new, very clear, stringent ethics guideline. Uh, because if any other judge were doing this, if the judge that is is looking at the federal case for Trump, right? If that judge was doing something like this, they would be removed from the bench. And it's it makes zero sense to me that he's allowed to continue to do this. And if he's doing it, I bet he's not the only one, right? If Clarence Thomas is doing it and getting away with it, what are the others doing? I mean, all of it. Congress. Oh, you well, yes. Court, everybody. But the the thought was that the Supreme Court was the most ethical, right? Congress, y'all might be on some stuff that you know you're not supposed to do. Oh, insider trading, perhaps. 
Same for the Senate. Yeah, but I guess. But the Supreme Court is supposed to be because it was even even if we knew you were on a partisan side, you could still be neutral, right? With some judgments, right? But this this is crazy. Yeah, this is like a yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder why is it just Clarence Thomas? Like why? Like there has to be other people. Yeah, there was something that came out about Alito, and I think there was something that came out about uh, Sotomayor. I think she ruled on a case for the publisher, like Simon Schuster, the publisher of her book, and they were like, well, you should have recused yourself. Like, that was one. And that's, I, I, I can hear that. I can get that. But I think that's part of the problem is, like, they are, if you have a Supreme Court justice writing a book, then and they're all doing it right they're all speaking to billionaire class organizations they're the to what degree of separation do they have from the power exactly right Mm -hmm. that's the that's the distinction it's almost like you need the supreme court justice to be i'm not going to say monks but you know in that same vein where they are they're not the ones partying at so-and-so's event you know annual event like they are held to a different standard but who wants to do that everybody wants to be you know i want the invites i want to be in the cool spot i want the access yeah and the rv and the rv and and the private jet i mean once you go private it's hard to it's hard to be with the yeah the common right you know i don't want to be in 36b All right, uh, let's talk about, just quickly mention some stuff happening around the southern border. Uh, Biden is asking Congress to approve $40 billion in emergency funding for a few things. Ukraine is one, uh, but the other is $3 billion for targeting the southern border for border migration. That includes $2.2 billion for shelter and services for migrants. I mean, you've seen... Uh, migrants who are coming into Texas and Florida, and they are those governors are flying them to what they're calling sanctuary cities, right? They're call, they're flying them to Chicago, they're flying them to New York, and so something's got to be done about you can't have migrants sleeping people, right? People who are escaping their country, hoping for a better life, and they're being flown to New York to live to to spend the night on the streets of New York like that makes no sense. I I don't know the right answer on this. So the federal government is going to spend 2.2 billion dollars for shelter uh, and services. I think is you know, you you have to do something. Um you do. And then the other thing they're doing is around the southern border, this is something they get attacked a lot on from Republicans, is spending nearly $800 million to reduce the influx of fentanyl uh, coming in from the southern border. I am curious to know, how are they tracking the success of all this? And that's my that's my issue. You know, it just seems like a, a <clears throat> big discretionary fund. You know, because a very big one. Because like even with the New York situation, they're getting housed, but then some are not. But then you're telling me we have money, 
where's it going? Yeah. Like you're fighting fentanyl, and it's like, at, at this point, it's it's almost like, um, if, you're, if you've ever worked a job, they always say the most theft comes from within the job. It's not people outside mm-hmm. stealing from you. It's the people from the inside. That's how I feel about the government and this sense yeah. of spending. I don't think it's like a Republican or a Democrat issue. I think it's a broader, bipolar. yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's the just, swamp. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, you said it. <laughs> I mean, there, there, you know, there is some truth to to that. Um, I get it. Because there, like, where are the sanctions that you could put on other countries? That's like, hey, that your part. people keep swamping our country, then we're not going to do this for your country. Like, you know, keep them there, or you know, this. We send this money to Ukraine. Can we send some to Colombia or something to help them yeah. build a house? Yeah, I think they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I th- I give them the training here, like doing like they did uh, uh Al Qaeda, right? Train them oh. here and then send them back home. Yeah, you know, well, like, like train them in skills and then send them back to where they're from to build up their infrastructure. Right, you know? but look how that turned out. I mean, yeah. we don't. That's that's my point about a track record. I mean, we don't seem to do very good at. We don't excel at these things, shall we say. Yeah. It doesn't appear to be that case. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also spending $59 million for immigration judges um, because the courts are going to be so backed up. You've got so many people coming in. You've got courts already backed up for other things, and then you're dealing with this, right? Every child who migrates has to have their own lawyer, right? You, you mean so that, that migrates by themselves without an right adult. Oh, right okay, like okay. so you've got you know if they've deported the parent but the child is here that was something that was happening during the trump administration mm-hmm. the child has to have a, an attorney that represents them uh, so do you know what an immigration judge is specific is it just to say you can stay or go that's what is that what's going on i think on? part of it is perhaps pleading the case of they are under duress to re- if they return back to their mm-hmm. yeah so i think it varies but then if they are, are allowed to stay here if they're a child right by their child by themselves then someone the american government has to support that kid you can't expect a 10 year old kid to be able to survive on their own no no you definitely have to because uh Especially all the sex trafficking that's going yeah, on. Yeah, maybe everything. I mean, education, feeding, like basic human needs, like all that kind of stuff. So, as all this is happening, the U.S. government uh, funding is going to run out on September 30th. Uh, and the Senate is on recess until September 5th, and the House is on recess until September 12th. So, they've got, when they come back, they're going to have like, a handful of days to get in gear to uh, to address you know the budget and to actually fund the government, which is something that we keep we just keep kicking the can the down down the road like oh we'll fund the government until September thirtieth oh we'll fund the government until August tenth <laughs> like good God what the heck um so we'll see what happens there I mean I'm assuming that. The government will be funded, but I don't know how I don't know how long that will go. One would think that they would want this funded, fully funded until after the elections, but exactly. It's all political. All political. Speaking of political ads, 
Um, it's been a minute since we've shown some, or we've at least listened to some ads. And so, uh, one of the first one is a democratic ad from a, from a super PAC that's supporting uh, Democrats and Biden. Take a listen to this. Being middle-class right now, it's tough making ends meet, for sure. Republicans in Congress say if we just cut taxes even more for the biggest corporations, the money will eventually, someday, trickle, trickle down to you. Right. Joe Biden would rather just stop those corporations from charging so damn much, capping the cost of drugs like insulin, cracking down on surprise medical bills, and all those crazy junk fees. There's more work to do. Tell the president to keep lowering costs for middle-class families. All right, Keith, you had this look on your face on <laughs> that one. I mean, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so still well, see. I mean, you had uh, Warnock who introduced the legislation that caps the price of insulin. Yeah. That was big. The whole junk fees thing, we talked about that. I mean, we talked about it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, what they say? Trickle down? The same thing they said in the, oh, <laughs> in the, well. in the commercial? Like, you know, you can't use the same word that you kind of want to happen too, right? Like you're basically saying we're gonna cancel some of these fees. We don't know which companies, what fees, if we will get refunded for these fees. No, you're not gonna be you refunded. Know, it's, and then when is it supposed to happen? Because he's been saying it, but like it's hap- it's already happening. What's the date on it? Like what date? Like so, what companies are supposed to stop? What fees aren't supposed to be there, and if they're so, Ticketmaster, I know is one where it's not that they're. Uh, I was about to say because I just seen fees for Ticketmaster. Well, there's a well, yes. (laughs) So the fees are still. What they're supposed to be doing is like hidden fees was one, junk Mm -hmm. fees was another. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll see if I can get someone from Biden administration on the pod to talk about. Yeah, stuff like this. Let us know what fees we should be looking for because. I looked at some plane tickets recently, looked at some Airbnbs recently, and some tickets, and they all still had the same little mm. uh, extra booking fee. Yeah. Like not not the taxes, just the, I guess, the technology fee or something. I don't know what that's, that's called. But, yeah, so I thought just be more specific on what hidden fees are not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's kind of hard to do that in a 30-second ad, but I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's another, another 30 seconds. Uh, but that wasn't a, you know, that wasn't hype enough for me. But I, I need, you know, I need more. <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe this next one you'll like. I need explosions, fire. All right. Okay. Well, maybe this next one. This is. Remember when Biden cut the ad of Marjorie Taylor Greene in her own words talking about what Biden was going to do for America? So Trump has cut an ad of my of Ron DeSantis in his own words talking about how. Trump is great for America. Take a listen. I want to thank him for what he's done to fight terrorism. I want to thank him for what he's done for our military. I want to thank him for what he has done to stand by our veterans. I want to thank him for what he's done for our economy. Trump has almost the entire media against him. Fake news day after day after day. He's facing opposition unlike any other president we've seen. And he is standing tall for us. I think even his worst critic would say he's been somebody that has been determined to keep the promises he made. Donald Trump wrote the art of the deal. 
he knows how to negotiate it. And I think that Donald Trump has done a better job appointing judges to both the U.S. Supreme Court and the appeals court than any other president in my lifetime, including one of my heroes, Ronald Reagan. So God bless Donald Trump for doing that. Is this Trump country or what? I'm done. And I approve this message. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are the ads that I need, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord. That was hilarious. Um, I'm not going to play it, but there was a mic because you have to really see it to understand, like, why it was a deal uh, worth noting. Mike Pence is getting roasted for an ad that he just cut. He's in a red pickup truck. And he's at a gas station. He gets out. He pumped the gas. The fuel door is already open. And then he puts the gas nozzle in the tank, but he doesn't press the holder. So he's just sitting there, standing there, talking about high gas prices. And then it doesn't even, like, pan over to see how much it costs to fill up the truck. Like, it was just an awkward ad. It's like, what? who cut this, man? I'm looking at it right now, yeah. One of his nephews, somebody young, <laughs> right? Like, like, it just, like, we gotta get you out here, huh? I got you. yeah, put the lapel on, him right? So that was official, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was nothing else is uh, good about this, yeah. That was that was bad, bad ad. Um, and then the last one we'll play is a super pack that's supporting Nikki Haley. Um, and she in this ad is talking about China as she's trying to stake out what makes her different from the rest of the Republican uh opposition. Haley fought America's enemies at the UN and won. China's dictators want to cover the world in communist tyranny. Nikki Haley, tough as nails, smart as a whip, unafraid to speak the truth. Communist China won't just lose. Like the Soviet Union before it, communist China will end up on the ash heap of history. Nikki Haley, a strong leader for a strong America. SFA funding is responsible. The ash heap of history. Yeah, I don't like What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I ain't like that. Um, That's on that war. So I know, like right? Man. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The, I, I thought she was smart as a whip. Yeah. <laughs> the ash heap of history. Um, the Iowa State Fair was this weekend, and she was obviously there, as were all the, all the main nominees or all the main candidates. And she one of the things she talked about was China. And, you know, she's got to figure out how to stand out in this crowd. All of them have to figure that out. And I think for her, China is one of the ways, talking about China is one of the ways she's going to do that. Hmm. Not being the only woman won't make her stand out. No. Because she, there's no other woman Republican running, right? No, there's no, yeah, there's no other woman Republican. So she can't like, you know, talk to the women and say, hey. Mm-mm. Hmm. I think it's harder. Sometimes it is harder for a female candidate to get women to vote for them than it is for them to get men to vote for them. No, no, but I'm saying to stand out, like that's something I don't know, I think is 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 that a minority thing or something? Like with with I I, I see it seems like the it Democrats seems like the, do that, not Republicans. Okay, well, there you go. Okay. It seems like mainstream yeah. really focuses on women. So I would yeah. think that but yeah, okay, Republicans don't so yeah. Um, speaking about ads, this is something interesting. The Federal Election Commission is right now trying to figure out if and how they will regulate AI-generated 
advertising and deep fakes in the 2024 election. So right now, well, maybe by the time this episode comes out, they are going to have a 60-day public comment period. If it's out by Tuesday, we'll put it in the show notes, check in the show notes, where you can actually write to the FEC and say, here's what I would like you all to do as far as regulating AI-generated ads in elections. Because we know deep fakes are going to happen, right? And so the question is, to what extent is it regulated? And how do you make sure that folks know what's real and what's fake? The last thing about 2024, the first primary debate is coming up. It's August 23rd. This is for the Republican primaries. This is, man, it's going to be so fast. So who has qualified so far is Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, and Doug Burgum, who is the governor of North Dakota. Probably never heard of him. How he got folks, how he was able to qualify, because you have to meet a fundraising threshold, like a donor number threshold, and then a polling threshold. So he sent folks, I want to say it was like a $20 gift card to donate to his campaign. So imagine you receive a $20 gift card and then you go on his website and donate the minimum $20. amount. No, the minimum amount. It could be a dollar. It could be $5. Wow. That's crazy. Because I'm surprised uh, William Hurt didn't make the yeah. stage, right? Well, yeah. he came in really late. So folks who yeah. have not, who either don't meet the donor requirement or don't meet the polling minimum is Asa Hutchinson, who's the former governor of Arkansas, Francis Suarez, who's the my, mayor of Miami, or is it Francis or Francisco? Who, the mayor of Miami. And then Larry Elder and Will Hurd. Uh, Will Hurd, who we've talked about, is a former Texas uh, congressman. He got in really late, and he just has not met that donor threshold yet. The other challenge for Will Hurd is, like Trump and Mike Pence and Chris Christie, he has said that, or they have not committed to signing a loyalty pledge to support whoever is the nominee. And that's one of the things that the Republican um, establishment is requiring of the candidates, that you have to sign a pledge saying that you're going to support the nominee. Now, they could <laughs> sign the pledge to get on stage, and, and then once it. it comes around, says, no, thank you. Right? I mean, essentially... Um, Ted Cruz did that, right? He said at the Republican convention, vote your conscience. He didn't say vote Trump. He said vote your conscience. So I think they could, you know, say they're going to sign, but do something else. Um, if their real focus is on getting on the stage and, and not having Trump as the nominee. I forgot Francis uh, Suarez was running. Right. Like he's kind of quiet. Down Very there. quiet. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, he changed his mind. Didn't I don't know. Nothing. I think maybe he thought like, oh, they're going to rush run yeah. over to me from DeSantis. So. Right. And that just has not proven to be the case. It's still really early, guys. If you, if you think about 2016, which was a big primary, there's a lot of Republicans running in that primary election. The folks who were the front runners then were not anywhere near the top at the end of it. So, you know, if you think about, um, oh gosh, what's his name? 
he was a former governor of Texas. He like wore the glasses to look smart. Rick Perry. Yeah, Rick was, Perry. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. the same. Yeah. Yep. So like Rick Perry, um, the dude who always wore the sweater vest. I can't. I'm blanking on his name. But there were a few folks who. I mean Jeb Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vote for Jeb! Yeah, uh, exclamation yeah. mark. Yeah. So there were folks who we thought were going to be, you know, in the top, and by the end of it, they were they were done. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm gonna skip party starter because I don't know who the heck to make party starter, but I will go to the party pooper. This is. Man, this is ridiculous. So the state of Arkansas just announced a school starting. I think school officially starts for them Monday um, that they are not recognizing AP African-American studies courses for credit. Now, a teacher can teach AP, the AP African-American history or African-American studies course, but the state will not cover the cost of the AP exam like they do for all other AP courses. Um, and then I imagine, I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine any cost that the school might, the school or that school district might incur wouldn't be refunded by the state. Now, the governor of Arkansas is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, who is the daughter of Mike Huckabee, who ran in 2016. Um, and she worked in the Trump administration. So what you are seeing is, you know, this is when I we talk about like how can Republicans get black folks to consider the Republican Party? Like, maybe don't do stuff like this. Like, it's not that hard. Like, so and so you can teach AP European history, but you can't teach AP African American history. That does not add up. Um. So absolutely. Party pooper to Arkansas. For party starter, I don't know, man. Maybe folks just need to do better. <laughs> I'm trying to, I, I'm not finding someone who I think is worth uh, being a party starter. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> That's not a party starter. <laughs> That's not a party starter. <laughs> that was wild, though. That was really wild. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder what's going to happen with the politics down there. Because yeah. isn't the mayor... The mayor of Montgomery's black. Yeah, and he yeah. said... Yeah, Stephen Reed. Yeah, or Morehouse guy. Yeah, and he said he has a pretty good relationship with the white constituents down there. Yeah. So, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Let's say a prayer for the folks in Hawaii. So, it, it's just a lot. It's just too much. That's why I say the party started is kind of hard. Because yeah, I know. It has been really hard lately because it just seems like there's a lot of messed up stuff happening. We're going to, I'm going to dig deep to see next episode who we can have as a party starter because we got to have some positivity. We got to have some. Yeah, I'm going to start. Showcase something side. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That is, uh, that is today's pod. As always, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, y'all pay attention to what's happening in your local politics. A city of Atlanta election's coming up. Check your voter registration to make sure you are registered. And if not, get registered ASAP. Ask your friend, ask your neighbor. That's just one step you can take to make sure your voice is heard 
at the local, state, and national level. All right, y'all, that's the pod. Thank you, as always. Break for Hawaii.